right, welcome to the Demystifying MTB podcast, where we talk about all the tricky bits related to mountain biking. This podcast is presented by myself, Matt Miller, aka MTB PhD, and Rowan Martin, aka Sweaty Techie. The podcast is brought to you by Breakace. And the whole reason we started Breakace is to demystify your ride. Breakace collects complex data and presents it to you in an easy-to-action way so you know where to improve your riding. And that's exactly what we're going to do with this podcast. We cover all the aspects of mountain biking to get you riding faster, having more fun, and owning the mountain. All right, so Rowan, we were talking about the perfect body position. I don't know if it exists, but I know you have some thoughts on like what the perfect body position is. Yeah, what do you say? Think? The perfect body position. Yes, it does exist. And no, but we can use one trick to get us to be in a body position that will apply in almost all cases of riding a bike. It is one of the, the golden rules of mountain biking. Go ahead. What is it? So, chin over stem. This is a trick. It's not the body position, but it puts you in the body position that you want to be or the position on the bike that you want your body to be. Okay. So, what are we actually trying to accomplish when we're, well, in terms of our body position when we're on the bike? Because I come from the old school days where we everyone had high posts. It was only XC bikes with like 70 degree head angles, 26 inch wheels. Obviously I had 1.8 tires and V brakes when I started. And basically you were all over the bike all the time, mostly stuck behind the seat, right? Anytime you're going downhill. Absolutely. Basically steep little wheels, basically riding a unicycle compared to the bikes we're riding now. (laughs) It kind of was. There's now yeah. been some engineering design gone into bikes. They are built to be stable. So we don't have to fight for balance. We can use the stability inherent to the bikes. And if we're in a good body position, we don't actually have to be working for balance. So to start with, a bit of a summary of a couple of key terms. Stability. So picture a couch versus a nice tall lamp. <laughs> yep. A big tall lamp is rather unstable, skinny base, weight up high. The sofa, yep. nice and wide, low weight, it is stable. So this is a, a static thing, the stability. It is about the structure we're on. Now balance, both of those objects are balanced because they're stable. However, they cannot do the act of balancing. A person can balance as we're walking along a slack line. It's not a stable base, but we can do a lot of work and balance. So body position, one of the core benefits of being in a good body position is we can use this stability that our modern geometry bikes have so that we don't have to work to balance. So if we can be centered on the bike, then all of our mass, which is really built into our head and our torso, arms, legs, bike, don't weigh much comparatively. Take them out of the bike body system and we still weigh about the same. So that mass of head and torso, if we can have that centered, 
over the wheels or between the contact patch of the front wheel and the rear wheel, we are stable and therefore not having to fight for balance. That sounds uh, like a really good thing. And what I see a lot of riders do is they basically start pointing down a trail and they lock in to that position. I think there's a lot of different names for maybe that position or positions like it, like the ready position or the attack position or things like that. So Absolutely. when we think about getting balanced, uh, are we still able to move forwards and backwards? So forwards and backwards from a balance point. If you are on level ground, as soon as you move backwards, you are now not as stable. You have now got more of your weight through the back tire than the front tire. So thinking of being totally static, not moving at all, just doing a track stand, and you were to shift your weight back, then you've now got more of your weight through the rear tire than the front tire. So that means you have more traction with the back tire, less through the front, and you are now basically less stable, but it doesn't matter because you're in a zero uh, speed environment. Um, but if we start moving along, we now care about turning corners. And so if we were in a further back position and tried to turn a corner on loose ground, we would now have less traction with that front tire. So while we are balanced, we are now uh, have basically not kept even traction between the front tire and the back tire. So while we can stay upright, we've lost this ability to ride our bike to the maximum of its capability. So if we can stay in this centered position, we keep equal weight front and rear tire. So now we have some weight over the front to allow us to turn, but at the same time, as we get to a, a bump that we need to pedal, we can keep some traction through the back tire to give power for pedaling. So going back to why the chin over the stem gets you into this centered position. Uh, our center of mass really is sort of somewhere around our belly button, or if we're in this standing over the bike position with our chin over the stem, hands on the handlebars, feet on the pedals, that center of mass will be centered between the tires. As we shift our chin backwards from the stem, that moves further towards the rear tire. As we move it in front of the stem, that center of mass moves in front uh, towards the front tire but we've got a range of motion up and down that is still centered. So as long as we hinge at the hips and make a bit of a platform with our back and we can rise that, raise that into a high position or lower that into a low position, we're still in this centered uh, position, but the body position has changed. So we talk about ready, attack, neutral, uh, whether you're relaxed in a neutral or uh, attacking in this, uh, about to hit something crazy in an attack or a ready position, you're still centered on the bike. It's just how much effort are you using with your muscles to hold you there? Uh, when I'm riding with my partner, she kind of lowers her, she kind of squats a little bit when she's riding and at, at the bottom of the hill or whatever, you know, she locks into that ready position basically. At the bottom of the hill, she's so tired because she's basically doing a half squat the whole way down the hill 
and maybe moving up and down slightly and returning back to that position. So when we think about like this vertical positioning, and yes, we can, we have a bit of range that we can move there and if we want to try and stay in the center, how high should we actually be with our body? Is there an ideal right. position vertically? <laughs> I would say the ideal position is not one position. Ideally, you are moving up and down on the bike so that you're able to relax your muscles as the bike hits a bump, the bike comes up to you. As it goes over a drop, it moves away from you. Uh, but if you're trying to conserve energy, your ideal position is more upright. When we're just standing on flat ground, our legs are able to stand all day. But if we get into a crouch, we're very limited, even if that's only a little bit of a crouch versus a full squat. It's like when you do a wall sit, right? And exactly. You try and see how long you can lean with your back against the wall, knees bent. Not very long. How many hours does that count as fun for? I don't think you'll get to one. Minute. <laughs> so if we're out for a ride all day, we are putting our muscles through these same strains as we get down lower. And it is more confidence inspiring and it does make us more able to move and attack the trail. But you need to learn that you can still be in control, especially if you're still centered over the bike on some of the smoother, easier sections of trail by standing up, but still keeping your chin over that stem. So that's really the trick is to stay centered and then you can move up and down accordingly. Yeah, because then you're not using your energy to balance. You are then able to let the bike move around under you and it stays carrying your body down the trail. So the end goal of riding our bike down a trail is to get our mass from the beginning to the end. In a very boring technical description, as long as our head and torso gets down, what the arms, legs, and the bike are doing is far less important. <laughs> as long as they come with you. You'd prefer that they stay attached. Yeah. yeah. It, it does make it more fun if they are all going down the hill together. But especially our natural instincts protect our head. So if we can have our head nice and smooth going down the trail, as everything else moves around, it just wants to stay smooth. Uh, as soon as that gets off center from the bike, uh, it's part of our, our mass will follow it. And so we're now having to fight to stay stable. So in terms of us trying this, and this is something I'm going to go and try for myself because I find myself as maybe a, I, I, I lower myself for some reason that out of habit, I guess I just lower myself down and I try and stay centered, obviously. But if someone's thinking, uh, I just, it's scary to have my head over my stem. What's the best way to try this and gain the confidence that you need for out on the trail? So I'd say the first thing is to learn what your full range of motion is. So Pick a nice open flat section, fire road somewhere, front yard, driveway, uh, ride in an upright position, stretch out, not locked out elbows and knees, but upright and still ability to absorb some bumps and do some riding back and forth in that position. Then 
hinge down all the way, compress your legs, your hips, your shoulders. Uh, so your chin's right over the stem and your butt's right over the seat and ride back and forth in this position. Neither of them should feel fantastic. Uh, and neither you can't, can pedal properly because you've now you're at your limit of your range of motion. So if you're down low, your legs can't come up much to let you actually do the pedal. And if you're standing up high, they can't drop away from you to let you do the pedal. But you've now discovered your full range of motion. Uh, and then you can try dynamically moving up and down between these positions. Now, if you find somewhere, still a fire road's the easiest, but if you've got some rough bumps, holes, roots, rocks, and try and ride over these while moving up and down, you'll discover that you can, that it's actually almost easier than staying in a single position because your muscles will be a bit more relaxed and preserving your head not letting it jerk around because you're not locking up it's trying to stay in one position and so if now you've got this feeling of how you can move over things there's one place that using the full downward range of motion is a great example if you ride up to a rollable drop so a rollover that's vertical that your front wheel will drop off but you don't need air to clear it. So up to almost knee height. If you ride up to this drop and get really low against the bars and then just relax, look ahead, keep your eyes to where you want to be ahead of you and let the bike just drop away over the drop. Your arms should just naturally extend, but your head and your torso will just go in an almost straight line and you'll feel as if that drop isn't even there. This is where he sort of proved this thing of, it is just your head and torso that you're trying to get down the trail. Um, if you don't have a, a drop, if you've got some rollers, if you can get to a pump track nearby, uh, any, the curb works well enough up and down and just work on keeping your head perfectly level and letting the body uh, absorb the bike up into you or let the bike drop away. And if you can find a big enough bump or a big enough drop, you can use that full range of motion and see how this feels just staying centered. You're not actually ever fighting to stay stable or stay balanced. You just ride over all the bumps as if they're not there. Sweet. One last question since obviously we think a lot about braking, I've heard a lot of people say that when you try to come to a stop really quickly, push yourself backwards to brace against the forces that are pushing you forwards when you're braking. Makes so sense, what should we actually be doing? No, so you can give a, yourself a practice of this. Um, if you've got a loose gravelly corner, it's great. Uh, Pick something to turn around if there's a tree or a put a cone down that you need to do a corner around right up to it and break hard just before and then turn around this corner if you were to move your weight backwards for braking as soon as you let those brakes off your front wheel is now unweighted like we said when we started discussing so while your brakes are on 
your body is trying to move forward, your bike's trying to slow down. So this translates to lots of force into the front tire. Though it doesn't really matter how far back your body is. But as soon as you let off those brakes, you're now in this unstable position. If you try and turn straight away, you've got no traction with the front tire. So instead, if we get low, drop our heels and rotate our wrists down. If we drop our wrists so that they're pushing against the back of the grips, we're now in a position that we can brace instead of having to lock out and hold ourselves back. We can keep our chin over the stem, get low. We're now more like a sofa than a lamp. And as soon as we let those brakes off, we're still in this centered position, still keeping some weight and therefore some traction through the front tire. This is one you can practice anywhere. Just go for it, pick up some speed, ride at a line, try and stop nice and quickly, but keep your chin over the stem by getting low and bracing. And as soon as you let off those brakes, do something, anything. And you should feel that you're capable of continuing to attack the trail. I do have something we've skipped though. Something oh, no. that always comes up. We've all been talking about these visuals of staying centered over the bike on flat ground. Now, once we start going downhill, the definition of what is over the stem has changed. I did it's wonder that because now suddenly your wheels are essentially, well, closer together if you draw vertical lines, right? When you're going downhill. Exactly. So, so you where have do we go? Two points that could be over the bars, vertically over the stem or perpendicular to the ground, as we are on flat ground, over the stem. And this is where things get interesting. So you want to keep yourself perpendicular to the ground, chin over the stem. Because as you're moving down the hill, your wheels are accelerating with gravity. So if you don't have your brakes on, your wheels are always moving forward and your mass is getting dragged along with the bike to keep you moving horizontally. If you were to shift your weight backwards, you are now behind the front wheel. So even though your mass is held centered, like we've said, as soon as you try and put any input into the bike or the bike puts input from the trail back up to you, that's happening at different times because you're behind in time from that front wheel. So if you can stay perpendicular over that front wheel, you're now able to apply force down into that front wheel and back up again at the right time. Now, as soon as you start applying your brakes, you are no longer accelerating down the hill. So we'd say it's once you have maximum brakes on, you now want to be vertically above the bike because you're now having to be in this braced position, stopping yourself rolling over the front. So over the stem at this point actually varies. There is no one position that is over the stem. If you're totally off the brakes, be perpendicular. If you're totally on the brakes, be vertical. But if you're somewhere in between using the brakes, adjust your position to be a combination of in control and able to hold yourself on the bike. Cool. There are many pictures when this discussion comes up of 
pro riders not centered over their bikes usually on downhills and usually while in the air this is a I say a rule you can use to get yourself in the right position when you're airing off a drop or a jump it doesn't actually matter how balanced you are imagine Nikolai Rogatkin is up doing a big air competition spinning three backflips and 17 rotations balance and stability doesn't matter same thing applies just for simply dropping off a drop the front wheel will drop away from you and while you're in the air you're not necessarily balanced the bike can get in front and you just care about staying over the bike but at the point you land again is where this matters and so the expert riders will always get back to this centered position at the point they need to be on the bike with some forces happening back at you right so at this point then it's about moving back and forth more effectively and more quickly yes i'd say more moving the bike under you because you your head and torso are the big mass so they're staying in a nice smooth line or a smooth arc with minimal movement because it takes a lot of energy to move that mass but the bike can move around under you but at the point where you need to resist the forces of the trail or put some force into the trail you want to be centered over the bike so that now you're not use wasting energy using your force to once you're instead using it for control cool okay That's interesting very to see cool. what people think do you agree have you tried this does it help your riding yeah i want to hear what people think especially considering someone who's been making mistakes their whole life uh probably like myself uh compared to someone younger who's learned how to ride on modern geometry bikes from the get-go I noticed differences straight away looking at positions uh, between old school and new school riders. So if if you have been able to solve this yourself, uh, coming as an old school rider on a new school bike, we'll call it, how did you do it? What are your secrets? Share it with us and we'll share it with everyone else. So thanks for that, Rowan. And uh, we'll uh, look forward to trying it uh, myself when I get back out on the trails. Okay, looking forward to some feedback. Sweet. Catch you next time. See you all.